0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people, and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 19 called, Our God is a Consuming Fire.
1: So many different things going on, but our God is a consuming fire. And that's the title of our text. And the good news for the preacher this morning is as I was preaching, drilling down on marriages, the fire alarm went off at first service. And I was thinking, you know, a title like our God is a consuming fire and the fire alarm goes off. It wasn't planned. Uh, Something was happening in an upstairs classroom with a fog machine. And that's so we asked Tanya to please don't do that at second service or do it at a very important point in my message when I'm warning people about judgment or something like that. Anyway, (laughs) would you stand for the reading of God's word if you're physically able to stand? We're only going to do the first eight verses together, but I want you to see the entire chapter and it's worth reading Exodus 19, our God is a consuming fire, verse 1. Exodus 19:1 says, in the third month, after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they set out from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, and there Israel camped in front of the mountain. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all peoples, all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people set before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. Verse 8. All the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord also said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments. Let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around saying, beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. "'Whether beast or man, he shall not live. "'When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, "'they shall come up to the mountain.'" 14. "'So Moses went down from the mountain to the people "'and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. "'He said to the people, "'Be ready for the third day. "'Do not go near a woman.'" "'So it came about on the third day when it was morning "'that there, was, there were thunder and lightning flashes in the thick cloud upon the mountain.'" And a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked violently. And when the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go down, warn the people so that they do not break through to the Lord to gaze and many of them perish. Let also the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves or else the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai for you have warned us saying, set bounds about the mountain and consecrate it. 24. Then the Lord said to him, go down and come up again, you and Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord or he will break forth upon them. And so Moses went down to the people and told them. You may be seated. Father, thank you so much for this incredible, powerful scene on Sinai. It's one of the most dramatic demonstrations of your power and glory throughout the whole Bible. The book of Exodus is filled with these kinds of scenes, but Sinai is very unique and powerful and special. And Lord, it is our deep desire to say what Moses said later in Exodus, Lord, show me your glory. Lord, we want to know you better. We want to know who you are and who we are because of who you are who we are in Christ, in the new covenant. Would you help us to have ears to hear, a heart to obey you, a desire to be a light to the nations, to be a kingdom of priests unto our God, that we would not forget who we are and what you want to do in and through us. May you be glorified in our response to your living word. Help us to divide it accurately for your glory. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Well, you'll notice that Moses goes up to God several times in the account. Uh, At least four times can be documented. And going up and down a mountain at 80 years old is extremely impressive. Don't you agree? Um, You know, some of the sites, there's about 24 different sites that people think could be the site of Mount Sinai. The traditional site is in the southern tip of the Sinai Peninsula, and it's debated. But in the 6th century AD, a monastery was built there, St. Catherine's Monastery. And that's the traditional site. And people do pilgrimage there and they, they go. And it's, a, it's certainly an interesting area uh, if you're interested in archaeology and the like. There's a movie that's come out and it's now available on Prime Video. And I would encourage you to watch it. And it's called The Search for the Real Mount Sinai. And there's two gentlemen that did a trip to Saudi Arabia, uh, Larry Williams and Bob Cornuke. Now, Bob Cornuke is a former Southern California police detective who's become a kind of an amateur archaeologist. He wrote the book called Temple that some of you have read about what he believes is the actual location of the temple, Solomon's Temple, and then Herod's Temple in Jerusalem. And it's a very intriguing, interesting read, Temple by Bob Cornute. But this uh, expedition that they took, they literally snuck into Saudi Arabia, and they went to investigate what they believe the Bible says about the location of the actual Mount Sinai. And this would be in modern-day Saudi Arabia. And it is an interesting thing. As they uh, do this trek in the movie, Uh, and this is something that they literally did, They uh, they find bitter waters. And if you've been with us in Exodus, you know that's what Israel encountered. They find 12 springs along their journey in Saudi Arabia. They find an area filled with palm trees, just like we read about in the book of Exodus. And then in Saudi Arabia, as they move closer and closer to the location, they find a mountain that has been fenced off by the government warning people not to go in there. And they sneak in there and then ask for forgiveness later. And they find a mountain that looks like it's been burned at the top and still has that appearance today. And they take some of the stones at the top of the mountain and throw them down. And they reveal that the stones are actually regular rocks, but on the top they look like they've been burned. And if you step back from the location and look at it from a distance, the top of the mountain is dark and then it kind of just looks normal from there. Paul does say that Mount Sinai is in Arabia in Galatians 4.25. But it is true that in the Roman Empire, Arabia did uh, cover the entire distance even to the Sinai Peninsula where the traditional site of Sinai is located. So with 24 options, we're not gonna solve the archeological mystery today, but it is intriguing that this movie's out there right now. And Bob Cornuke is an interesting uh, guy in terms of him doing his homework and all of that on Mount Sinai. So as we tackle the first eight verses, we have a location. I've mentioned it to you. Sinai is called the Mountain of God in Exodus 3.1, if you're taking notes, 427, 2413, and 1 Kings 19.8. It's called the Mountain of God. And this is the place where God first met Moses in his original call. If you turn back to Exodus 3, just take a peek at a few verses with me. Exodus 3. So Moses was shepherding sheep as he was in the land of Midian. And as he is there, he sees this great sight. He sees a bush burning yet it is not consumed. And even though the title is called Our God is a Consuming Fire, God appears in this bush, and the bush is on fire, but yet not consumed. And we pointed out in Exodus 3 that that's a picture of God in the midst of his people. They're in the fire of slavery in Egypt, but they're not consumed because the Lord loves them, and he wants to keep them and save them. Sinai has uh, several possible meanings in terms of its Hebrew meaning. Some people say Sinai means to shine, which is quite appropriate. Some people say it means thorny, and some people say it means kind of the desert or the earth, and it could really even have all three meanings. But when Moses was near uh, Sinai in the land of Midian back in, in ancient times, God called him, and here 's the back and forth he saw the great sight, he took off his shoes and Moses said to God, 311 of Exodus, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, Certainly I will be with you, Exodus 312. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. God said the sign is going to be you're going to end up back here You're going to make it, and you're going to lead the nation to this mountain to worship me. The Hebrew word for worship is abad. It's A-B-A-D. And it also has the idea of to serve. They'll learn to serve me here. Now, if you've read ahead, you know that in Exodus 20, what's coming is God is going to give to the
0: children of Israel his Ten
1: Commandments.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these
1: series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series is called In His Image, A Case for Life in a Post-Roe v. Wade World with guest speaker Scott Klusendorf from the Life Training Institute. You know, sometimes we as pastors think, oh boy, I don't want to get distracted. I want to stay tethered to the Great Commission. And I agree, we should be about the Great Commission, but the question is, what does the Great Commission teach? The Great Commission teaches that we are to disciple believers. What does that mean? Well, Jesus told us in Matthew twenty-eight, we're to teach them to obey all that Christ commands. What is one of those commands in Scripture? We're not to shed innocent blood. Exodus twenty-three seven teaches that. Proverbs six sixteen to nineteen teaches that. Matthew five twenty-one references that. So when we speak about abortion, which is the shedding of innocent blood, we're not distracting people from the Great Commission. We're helping them align with it. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com, or you can subscribe and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. That's Walk in Truth's A Step Closer on your favorite podcast app.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: The Hebrew word for worship is abad. It's A-B-A-D. And it also has the idea of to serve. They'll learn to serve me here. Now, if you've read ahead, you know that in Exodus 20, what's coming is God is going to give to the children of Israel his 10 commandments. And those 10 commandments are actually what has shaped Western culture. The culture that you live in today has been shaped by what happened on Mount Sinai thousands of years ago. It has been the bedrock of our society. And those laws, captured in 10 laws... Uh, scholars, uh, Messianic rabbis and Jewish uh, authorities and the like have said that what you have happening at Sinai is in covenant language. It could be the covenant of a familial relationship, but most specifically, it is a marriage covenant being consecrated there at the mountain. And here's how this would work. When a Jewish young man would marry a Jewish young lady, they would write something called a ketubah. The ketuba was a marriage contract. So instead of saying verbal vows at the altar, they would write down the responsibilities of the bride and the responsibilities of the groom. How many of you wish you have some things in writing today? Some of you are going to be poking your spouse during this message, right? Did you see what you signed? (laughs) Right. That's why some of you are very grateful that you don't have it in writing. But we won't go there. And so the ketubah would actually be agreed upon by both dads, and they would agree on a dowry, which was a bride price. And once the contract was signed, it became the responsibility of the bride and the groom to fulfill that contract. In the Ten Commandments, God has given the people of Israel a contract, a ketubah. When the cloud comes over Sinai, Many scholars see in the wedding imagery something called a hupa or a chupa or kupa. And in Hebrew, C H U P P A is a canopy under which the Jewish couple gets married. And this is what is seen in the wedding imagery that the cloud comes over and that God is giving Moses words and he goes and conveys those. And then the people say, We do! and it's this whole marriage scene, and it's being uh, uh, expedited through a mediator, and his name is Moses, and Moses becomes a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the greater Moses, for there's one God and one mediator between God and man, one bridge, if you will. That is the man, Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5, who gave himself as a ransom for many. And so, Moses mediating the old covenant, if you will, becomes a picture of the greater Moses mediating what? The new covenant. We are the bride of Christ and a new commandment he gives to us. What's the new commandment? That you love one another as I have loved you, so you should love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. You're that kingdom of priests. You're that light on the hill. And this is the connection from Sinai in the Old Testament to the new covenant. This is articulated in the book of Hebrews. If you turn over there, we'll come back to Exodus 19. Hebrews is towards the back of your New Testament. As you turn to Hebrews chapter 12, let me tell you that the original audience of this letter, the author's unknown people. Some people believe it's Paul. Some say Apollos. But he's writing to Jewish, first century Jewish believers who have professed faith in Christ. And he's laying out the new covenant, contrasting it with the old, or Sinai contrasted with Zion. Take a look. Hebrews 12, 18. The writer says these words. You've not come to a mountain that can be touched and to blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind. That's not where you've come. You've not come to Sinai, if you will. To the blast, Hebrews twelve nineteen of a trumpet and the sounds of words, which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. We'll see that in a next study. For they could not bear the command, if even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I'm full of fear and trembling. But you, by contrast, have come to Mount Zion, not Sinai, but Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, notice, the mediator of a new covenant, the better covenant. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. See to it. Now, here's a warning that you do not refuse him who is speaking. This first century audience was under persecution and threat. Some of them were thinking about going back to the temple, back to the law, etc. And he says, don't refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then. But now he has promised saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, 27, yet once more, denotes the removing of things which can be shaken as of created things so that those which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for, let's say it together, our God is a consuming fire. And so this is the New Testament commentary on the Old Testament account of Sinai as we turn back there. And what the writer is saying is we don't come to Sinai anymore because we can't be perfected by the law. In fact, the law has become our schoolmaster to drive us to Christ.
0: You've been listening to Our God is a Consuming Fire, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 19. If you missed any part of today's program or parts 1 or 2, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, we've come to Mount Sinai. Our God is a consuming fire. You might be asking the question, well how does the law teach me about Jesus? Well, Sinai is contrasted in Hebrews 12 with Mount Zion or the mountain of mercy. And Sinai shows us that we all fall short. We we don't keep the law. We we might have good intentions like Israel did. Yeah, we'll do everything that God says. Yes, he's impressive. Yes, you know, he's holy. But the law is our tutor to drive us to Christ. The law shows me my need for Jesus. The law reveals my sin and points me to the Savior. My friend, if you're listening to Christian Radio right now and somehow you've thought that just being a good person is going to save you, it won't, because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's really no one good by God's standards. You may be doing good things, but you're not perfect. The law shows us we've fallen short. We've sinned in our conscience, in our hearts, in our motives. We've often failed to do the right thing. And even when we knew the right thing to do, we didn't even do that. And so we need a savior. That's what the law teaches. That's what Sinai shows. We need a savior and the god of sinai came down and died on calvary's cross to rescue us from his judgment in fact jesus took the judgment of god at the cross he took the fire if you will of sinai the wrath of god and felt uh, forsaken on the cross taking our punishment that that's how sinai points us to the savior the law indeed is our schoolmaster to drive us to Jesus. We need Him so desperately. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Hey, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this would be the time to ask Him into your life. We don't know what a day will bring. We don't know if we have tomorrow, but we have today. And the Lord Jesus Christ died on that cross, rose from the dead, loved you so much, He gave Himself up. The Father loved you so much He gave His Son. What is He asking of me, you might ask? Simply this, to turn away from your sin and to place your trust in Jesus Christ. This is something I did by God's grace in the late 80s and uh, changed changed me forever. No, it wasn't always easy. No, uh, I, I will say the first four years of my life, you could have met me the first four years of my Christian life, I should say, and... There would be evenings that <laughs> you might not have known I was a believer, but the more and more that the Lord got a hold of my life, that I surrendered more, He's changed everything in my life. And of course, my destiny. And um, i tell you, it, it's humbling looking at it from this side, you know, some three decades later now, to see... The marvelous grace he's poured out, the way that he's allowed me to use my life in his service. Um, I would just encourage you to hold on, and uh, he'll see you through. If you haven't received him as your Lord and Savior, ask him in. Say, Jesus, save me. Be my king. Forgive me. I turn from my sin. Pray it right now if it's you. I'm sorry. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. I believe in you. I I turn my life over to you. Save me. Be my Lord. Be my King. Hey, if we can help you in any way, if you made that decision, or maybe you are uh, recommitting your life. You've been a prodigal for some time. Maybe you never really understood the gospel. Maybe you thought just going to church and being a good person was uh, the way you get in. It's not. Uh, We've all fallen short, but Jesus has paid our ransom. And uh, if we can help you in any way, call us. Normal business hours, specific time at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael, and we'll see you tomorrow for part two on Our God is a Consuming Fire. God bless you.
0: And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 19 called Our God is a Consuming Fire. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God truth to all people.